It's game day in Nashville. Nashville Predators take on, as David Putty would say, the Devils. The Devils. <sighs> Preview of that game coming up. Plus, speaking of game day, Ann and I are going to play a little game of Would You Rather when it comes to some Nashville Predators scenarios. Let's do it today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who hopefully loves obscure 90s Seinfeld references. <laughs> I actually really do. Yeah. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. Do you ever see the clip? I think it was like the last time the Devils made the playoffs, which is like back in the Taylor Hall MVP year, mm-hmm. uh, where Patrick Wartburton actually showed up at the game yes. with like the David Putty face paint on. Yes. And I did the see crowd. That, that yeah. was amazing. Yeah. You could you could tell there's some people in the crowd that did not understand that the Seinfeld reference that was going on there, but it was still classic to see. It was, that was so amazing. That was well played. Whoever put that together, well played. Yeah, we need a, uh, some sort of Nashville equivalent for that. Uh, also, hey, I want to mention today's show is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, which is now the official sportsbook of Locked On Predators and the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, Ann. Predators, two pretty good wins in a row. Yeah. They're going to have a big test tonight. This is the final exam before they go home for summer vacation. Well, I guess more like the midterm before you go home for Christmas break. I don't know. Yeah. The New Jersey Devils tonight. It's this game, and then the Predators have basically two weeks off between games uh, and, and yeah, if you wanted to give yourself a feel good moment going into a long break, maybe give yourself some momentum going into a reset. Mm-hmm. This is a good team to win against. This would be huge. This would be amazing if the Predators could walk away with a win tonight against a New Jersey Devils team, which I still find myself going for real. Yeah. The new for real, but they I'm telling you, this team is really great. Like, let's hear it for whatever is in the drinking water with the Hughes family because they just create really good hockey players. You know, Jack yeah. Hughes is just having himself a whole year there, and they just have a lot going well in New Jersey right now. But think back a week ago today. So let go back in your mind to last Thursday. Would you have predicted a week ahead that we would have been talking about the Nashville Predators having won two really good, mostly 60-minute effort games and looking at, hey, we could go into the All-Star break with three wins? Would you have even thought last week that's where this Predators team would be? Probably because that's the 
story of the stupid Hedgeville <laughs> Predators is every time you think it's like this team's going downhill fast, they come out and have great performances. And every time you're like, they got some momentum going, they are on a roll. Then they just collapse for like a week and a half. Yeah. It's, I don't understand this stupid team, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have come to realize that the theme of this whole year is Forrest Gump's chocolate box. Like you just never know what you're going to get. That is kind of the theme for the Predators. But I didn't think they would be able to regroup. Like maybe they would get one of these three wins. Did not see this team mentally where they appear to be or just game-wise, where they appear to be going into the All-Star break. So, you know what? It would be amazing if this team could keep focused. I know I know, vacation's right there. This is like, you know, being the teacher on the last half day of school. You got to stay focused, get through this game, and then enjoy a break. But it would be amazing. It would be huge for the Nashville Predators if they could head into the All-Star break after three really good wins. And not only that... You remember the, a lot of the big criticism is the Predators haven't been able to beat good teams. If Come they on. beat New Jersey tonight, that's not just three really good wins. Those are three playoff teams. Take that it the home. Preds have beaten. Uh, and in in at least the one against Winnipeg outplayed them for, for yeah. 90% of the game. Um, and hey, there is precedent because if you remember back in December, which is the first time the Preds and Devils played. The Preds won yeah, in overtime, and that too, same thing. Really good all-around game. Like, not one of those games you look at and be like, oh, Soros absolutely bailed them out. Or, yeah. you know, like, yeah, they got lucky there to escape with a point, or New Jersey was having an off night. No, I mean, the Preds went out and played really good hockey in that game, looked like the more dominant team, and wound up getting two points to show for it. And remember, at the time, that was New Jersey's first loss. or It was only their second loss since, like, October 18th yes. or something like that. And the yes. game was, like, I think December December, December 1st. December yep, 1st. December 1st. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that's a month and a half span in which, you know, the only team that beat them was the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then all of a sudden, you have the Nashville Predators, who were treading water at the time, coming in and beating them. Yeah. And you look at what happened in that game December 1st, where Nashville came in and beat the Devils. And those same things, I think, are going to need to translate because the big players played big in that December 1st game. You had Ryan Johansson had like a really early quick goal for the Predators. Let's focus on the early goal for the Predators portion yeah. of our program. Um, and had the overtime goal. Mikhail Granlin tied the game up with like, 10 or 11 seconds remaining in the game. Uh, Matt Duchesne helped win it in overtime with absolute dogged puck pursuit in the offensive zone when they were yeah. playing three on three and came away from the boards with it, got it to Johansson. Yossi and Forsberg each had assists in that game. So this was a game where the big players played big. And I'm just saying if it worked once, let's try that same thing again tonight. Yeah, and that getting what was the theme of that players only meeting? The big other, players, the big players need to step up and up their play. That happened in New Jersey and got the win. No coincidence. Maybe it happens again tonight.
Speaking of big players, the key to me, Anne, mm-hmm. is you got to contain Jack Hughes. Oh, gosh. Uh, if we weren't playing him tonight, this would be a guy I could spend uh, like an entire episode gushing over. Yes. Uh, such a good player who's found his form. Uh, eight points in his last five games. And this guy, to me, and I mean this honestly, mm-hmm. uh, if it wasn't for Connor McDavid having a Mario Lemieux numbers-esque season, I mean, the guy is, based on his scoring pace, maybe four or five games away from hitting 100 points. Like, it's, it's not yeah. out of the realm of possibility Connor McDavid has 100 points at the All-Star break. Let's be honest there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah. If it wasn't for that, Jack Hughes maybe a strong case for most valuable player in the yes. NHL this year. Yep, absolutely agree. He's got sixty points. He's got thirty goals, thirty assists, sixty points, and he's got six power play goals. So what he can do and what this team can do on the man advantage is something to be very wary of as well. But this New Jersey team, I think it's like the fifth youngest team in the league. And their younger players are really coming into their own at the same time. You know, Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, um, you know, just there are, um, who's the other one now I'm going to. Nico Heashier. Thank you. Their other other first overall pick. Yeah. Like they're just coming into their own and the timing of this for New Jersey it has just been chef's kiss. So this is a this is a great team. Like this is not a fluke that the New Jersey Devils are as good as they are. They've got really great youth. They also have some, you know, more uh I don't want to say older because that's, you know, hockey age is just a whole different yeah. thing. More experienced players as well. You know, Dougie Hamilton has won their last two games for them in overtime, you know, Okay, so they have a lot going well in New Jersey, which means that Nashville is going to need a lot to go well tonight at Bridgestone Arena. Yeah, I always say when people look at Dougie Hamilton, it's like, oh, yeah, he's he's the elder statesman of the group. Uh, He's the veteran. He's kind of the old guy amongst all the kids. Dude's 29 years old. I mean, seriously. I feel my bones <laughs> creep when people start, talk about that. It's I like know. that old it's like that old meme where people are like, uh, did you ever see that? Where it's like the, the text is like, I'm 33. I'm in the prime of my life. You know, my life or my life is just getting started. So many things to look ahead. And then the line below it is like sports announcer. Here comes the oldest player in the league. He's 32 <laughs> years old. It's a miracle. He's even here. An absolute legend. Yes, that is. It's it's sports age. It's a whole different numeric system entirely. But yeah, Dougie Hamilton, the old veteran at 29, please. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you one key for the Predators to win this game. Mm-hmm. Plus, we got some fun planned. We're going to play a game of Would You Rather with some different scenarios <laughs> Uh, surrounding the Nashville Predators. We're going to get to that in just one second. But first, as we mentioned off the top, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL players are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And new customers, if you join today, you can get started with a $150 bonus in free bets, guaranteed, when you place your first $5 bet. For those of you not good with math, all you have to do is put $5 in, 
you get $150 in free bets out. All you have to do is sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player plops. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at bigger payout with same game parlay. Devil's favorite tonight. If you're feeling like the Predators uh, might get a win, you're feeling like Ryan Johansson might get a goal. Those are two bets you can combine. And if you hit on both, you can win even more money. And all of this is done on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and now the official betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Ann, Preds versus Devils tonight at Bridgestone Arena. Last game, as we mentioned before, a extended vacation for the Nashville Predators, I assume, uh, the suitcases in the locker room are packed with festive straw hats and Hawaiian yes. shirts. Maybe some uh, crokies to, you know, put on their little uh, sunglass things. I don't know. I'm describing every frat boy I've ever seen go on screen. <laughs> Which could work. I don't Which know. That may work. be it. Yeah. If you know Brian Johansson. Um, <laughs> what's one key that you have for this game? For me, this all comes down to something very simple, and it all comes down to effort. And what we've seen from the Nashville Predators in the last two games is players up and down the lineup putting in all of the effort, putting in 100% effort when they're pursuing the puck, when they're in the board, when they are working to generate offensive play. There's just really great effort from the Predators. And it's going to take that again tonight against the New Jersey Devils. This Nashville team has to be all in every shift on the ice tonight. So in, in it's just a simple thing, but I think that it's something that has been up and down this season. The last two games, Preds have been on with effort. For me tonight, do the same thing. Be all in every shift. Yeah, and it's one of those things, Anne, that given where the Devils are, even if the Predators lose this game like two to one, three to mm-hmm. two or something, or maybe lose in overtime, if you're able to go out in the end of the game and see that effort, see them really yeah. get some chances, uh, maybe just stonewall by a goalie performance or or like good defense or something like that, I'd be happy with that. Like yeah. I would be content with that going into the game. Um, the other thing to me, capitalize on mistakes. Yes. Uh, that last game, uh, the the Preds and Devils played. One of the more sloppier games the Devils wound up playing. Uh, they had a, a number uh, of giveaways in that game. Uh, Fourteen, according to the NHL, uh, they only the Preds only had four, and including that that first uh, that first Ryan Johansson goal, the one that was like ten seconds in, yeah. that was kind of a mistake on the Devils' faceoff. People weren't where they were supposed to be, and that wound up you know leading to Joey having that good chance. The Devils don't make a lot nowadays, but remember, they're still a young team. They're still prone to some of those. So if you see a chance, you know, if you see, you know, kind of an ill-advised break-in attempt or, you know, turnover in the neutral zone, I want to see the Predators go for the jugular. Like, this isn't just, you know, get it, you know, use that chance to clear the puck, get change or whatever. I want to see them get the puck and just rush the net. Come just on. charge the net, put something on, hope for a rebound, get set up that way. Because, hey, even if you like miss and there's a rebound out in the corner, you still have a follow-up chance to set up 
for another play. I want to see the Predators step on the throats if they get a chance to capitalize on some of these mistakes. I agree. Yep. And I think that's what it's going to take. So let's see if they can do it tonight at Bridgestone. Yep. Seven o'clock central puck drop. We'll, of course, have full recap tomorrow. But for now, Anne, we have some fun. We do. Yeah. We do. I was we'll see. For, we'll see uh, how the reaction, we agree. The reaction on your face said trepidation a little bit. It's like, do we need to scrap this segment mid-show? No, this is like the kind of fun when you're standing on the edge of the platform with the bungee cord attached yeah. to you. That's like, that's where I'm at on fun. Let's see what happens. I mean, we might, at this point, we might as well jump. Yeah. So we are going with a game of Preds. Would you rather? Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to do is, you know, take some uh, scenarios that maybe have been popping up in the news here lately, or maybe just some fun stuff. And I thought of ourselves, and we're going to debate what of the two possible things mm-hmm. we would rather like to see happen. Uh, and yes, sh- shall I start off the first question? Okay, yep, just push me right off the platform, Nick. Let's go. All right. Uh, trade trade rumors oh, no. have been popping up for the Nashville Predators, including mm-hmm. some with defensemen. Would you rather the Predators trade Matthias Ekholm or Ryan McDonough? That's cruel. You know that's cruel. <laughs> okay. if, if the Predators trade, if the Predators trade, that's like cruel, if they man. had to do one, that's cruel. You're as you are literally like I am the mother with the baby in front of King Solomon and he says chop it in half. Like this is what you're doing to me right now. Um <clears throat> I'm going to have to go with practicality. You know that I am a huge fan of Ryan Patrick. Yeah. Huge fan of Ryan Patrick McDonough. I think <clears throat> one of the best additions to the Predators that they've made in the last couple of years, very quiet, very underrated, very um, just quietly excellent for the Nashville Predators. I also value his experience. This is somebody who knows what it takes to win Stanley Cups, who knows, you know, I would have loved to heard to have heard his contributions in the meeting on Saturday, because this is somebody who's like, look, this is not what's going to get you where you want to go. I think he's got great perspective and leadership for the team. Having said that, I would probably just setting aside contracts and cash and all of that stuff, I would probably rather keep Matthias Ekholm because I think if you bring in and you develop this young core that Nashville has, you know, we've got Parson, you got Cody Glass, you've got Tommy Novak, you know, Phil Tomasino at some point is going to be coming up. Um, at some point in the next couple of years, while Matias Ekholm is under contract, you could see Eskarov, you could see Luke Evangelista, you know, Joachim Kimmel. That is somebody who has such a rich history with the organization. And I think he would be very good as part of a, a core to kind of shepherd those younger guys. So for me, I would keep Matias Ekholm. Just personally, I think, Long term, that's what's better for the organization. But I will also tell you that you would have to pry my hands off of Ryan Patrick's ankle while I wept openly as they dragged him away. 
Yeah. I, I think Matias Eckholm's game may be a little bit more well-rounded too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don put out some charts uh, on some yes. players yesterday. I was a little surprised to see um, – well, first off, I was surprised on two. It said mm-hmm. uh, analytically that Matias Eckholm was one of the best defensemen in yep. the NHL. And in terms of pure analytics, Ryan McDonough was one of the worst, which is really weird because we've seen him make a lot of defensive plays. I, I know he didn't get off to like a great uh, a yes. start to the season. They were still kind of shuffling, trying to figure out where exactly to put him. Yes. Uh, they put him with Roman Yossi, and he's mm-hmm. been absolutely lights out. Yes. I was a little I surprised at that because those. I thought, yeah, I was a little surprised at that because I thought McDonough has played pretty good this season. It's just the the numbers haven't exactly backed up the eye test. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think if you looked at his numbers since being partnered with Roman Yossi, they would look very different than than the ones over the whole season because I think they really tried for a long time to make that Ekholm uh, McDonough pairing work. And even though it was Ekholm that was sort of making the logistical practical adjustment to that, I think neither one of them quite got it just didn't fit well and then you had mcdonough kind of further down the lineup with when he went to sort of that veteran younger player idea now that he's with yossi yep ryan patrick will leave over my cold dead body yeah all right and lay it on me what do you all right kind of along those same lines um, and, and again, I get this is purely hypothetical, but I'm here to stir the cauldron, my friend. And so All with right. that, I ask you this question, because neither one of these names are lightning rods in the Nashville Predators fan base. Of course, you <laughs> asked me this question. Would you rather bring back Ellie Tolvanen or bring up Phil Tomasino to help the Predators this season? To help the Predators this season. Oh, I mean, to, to me, I, I feel like the answer is kind of obvious. And I think it's Phil Tomasino. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Phil Tomasino was a fourth liner last year. True. And scored 30 points as like a 20 year old. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Like, that's pretty good for a 20 year old when you're able to go on the fourth line with like 10 minutes a game. Remember, there were some games where he made Michael McCarron and Matt yes. look like, you know, yeah. look like Tage Thompson and the other some, guy, some Matt Luff equivalent. <laughs> of, <laughs> right. Of, just pick a player that's like Matt Luff, but scores a lot of points. You know, yeah. th- there were some moments where he made that fourth line look like the most dangerous line on the Nashville Predators. And that is something. That is hard to do, my friends. And and to me, it's just like, I feel like, you know, you watch Tomasino play and you watch, you know, just kind of the setup he plays with. I think he's got the better hockey sense. Mm -hmm. I think he's got the better hockey IQ. And I think he's got more, you know, no offense to Ellie Tolvanen, because we like Ellie Tolvanen. I think he's got more long-term upside. Than Ellie mm-hmm. Tolvanen. So if it was a debate between those two, you know, I, I think you gotta go Tomasino because I feel like he can do more for this team right now. Yeah. Do you think Ellie Tolvanen is going to wind up having a better season with Seattle than Phil Tomasino had last year with the Predators? Just uh, not even just statistics wise, but as far as um contribution to the team. 
I mean, he he can't do much worse than his last <laughs> two years with Nashville. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, mean, my thing with Ellie Tolvanen is, you know, I I think he's a good player. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do think he was underutilized in Nashville. Maybe that's the wrong word to say. Or maybe maybe the best way to say is I don't think he got the leash he should have from John Hines. But I still think he's got some upside. But at the same time, we don't know. Like he could, he could wind up being like the next like sixty point score, and the Predators, you know, are going to kick themselves from here to eternity. Or he could be in Finland in two years. You just don't. Or like, or in the AHL. We don't know. It's it's too early to say. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when Phil Tomasino gets called up. And y'all, just take a deep breath because he will. He will be back. Nobody has to worry. He'll be back. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see the difference in Phil Tomasino last season compared to just his development when he comes back up and where he fits in. So I'm looking forward to that. Whenever it happens, we can all just breathe till then. Yeah. Everybody breathe. All right. Are you ready for another lightning rod? Yeah. I, I had a, I had a Ellie Tolvanen question, but I'm going to change it up a little bit. Okay. You have the chance to undo one trade. Ooh. Here it is. You can undo the Kyle Turris trade, which means you get back Sammy Gerard. Oh. Or you can undo the Mikhail Granlund trade, which means you lose Mikhail Granlund, but you keep Kevin Fiala. So it's not like, you know, if you're talking about the worst trade, the answer's obvious. But in terms of who you get back, I feel like that makes the question a little zestier. It does make the question a little zestier because can you imagine, are you talking like from today ahead or are you talking like we're going to rewrite history and these trades didn't happen? Either one. Okay, because for me, the first thing that pops in my mind when you think you can erase the Mikhail Granlin trade, then I go to what does that do to Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg's season last season? They, I don't believe that those two players would have had the seasons they had without Mikhail Granlin. Fair. Having but, but said- would they have done the same with Kevin Fiala? Like, would Kevin Fiala have had the season he had last year in Minnesota and this year in Los Angeles if he was still at the Preds? I That's a great question. Kevin Fiala, you know what? Kevin Fiala definitely adds offensive zhuzh. More so, Mikhail Granlin is, is more of a facilitator. He's not a zhuzher. Um Great word. It's a hockey word. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know it would it would, but Sammy Gerard. I mean, uh, I I would say, I would say. Now, see again, it's just this is this is, these are heartbreaking choices you're asking me to make because you know that I love Kyle Turris and I yeah. openly wept when I got a Kyle Turris jersey in my surprise package from the Predators, but I would say I would. Uh, undo the Mikhail Granlin trade and keep Kevin Fiala. Yeah. Even I, I, though I know that that messes with the time space continuum for Forsberg and Duchesne, which, you know, 
Then you I mean, can it, bo- it boils down to would you rather have Gerard back or would you rather have Fiala back? Fiala. Yeah. I think. All right. All right. Next one. Next one. All right. Let's see here. What's a good one? Um, oh, no. Don't want to do that one. Okay. Here we go. This this is kind of... Last one. <laughs> this is kind of more of an open-ended one. But you are in charge of the Predators draft this season. But you can only focus on drafting for one thing. Would you rather draft for size, speed, or puck skill, shooting ability? You only one. Like you have to pick players that are excellent in one area. What are you going for to help the Prince in the future? Oh, you know, it's really tempted to say speed mm-hmm. just because I feel like, you know, that's the direction the Nashville Predators need to go in. But I think, and they might have one with Joachim Kamel. I think I got to go finishing skill. Yeah. Because I, I just don't see the Predators having that one just foot on the neck all the time finisher. Like the one that's just going to put things away. <laughs> They might have had one that now plays for the Seattle Kraken. That didn't work out. That didn't pan um, out. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, I think that's when I look at, you know, the players you ideally would like to build the next sort of generation around. Right. You know, you have Cody Glass, really good playmaker, really good setup man. Phil Tomasino, really good playmaker. Uh, Luke Evangelista, same, really good playmaker. Uh, you just need somebody to finish those plays. And Joachim Kamel is hopefully one, but I would say you have to go for somebody who can put the puck in the net and finish some of those good plays, wind up taking the good feeds and beating the goaltender. And yeah. we'll have, we'll have Eric Denae on uh, at some point to talk about some of the people in the draft that probably fit that bill. Yeah. He he'll know. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's good. And I think for so long predators fans have been like, we just need more speed. We need more speed. We need more speed. And while the league is getting faster and while the predators have struggled against fast teams, I would agree with you. I think the predators are developing a core that are going to be really strong as far as dishing the puck and creating plays. You just got to get somebody to finish. Yeah, for sure. Are you ready for a lightning rod question, Ann? Oh my gosh. I'm I'm sorry. I'm you know this stresses me out, man. but I'm gonna give it a whirl. You can only do one. You can only do one, which means the other option doesn't happen. Okay. You can either replace John Hines or replace David Poyle. You know what? I wrote it down and I was like, that's too mean. I won't even do it. But look was that you. the one you skipped? Yes. Oh, I would have dove all in on that. Aaron, here we are. Oh, come on. Come on, man. Okay. Oh, that's just, there's nothing they're, good happening. They're not right listening. Now. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I'll just, I, when he calls to talk about the lineup today, I won't tell John Hodge no, this. Just ignore it. Yeah. I. And I'm going to go against what I know is probably, I'm going to go against what is probably the majority. I would keep John Hines and replace David Poyle. And I know, look, y'all, just hit the comments, but use kind words. Okay. 
I, I really would. And I know, I know y'all, we hear you, we see you. I know that there is a lot of frustration with John Hines and he is blamed for mismanaging, you know, the, the Ellie Tolvanen situation. And we lost Victor Arvidsson and um, Phil Tomasino is in Milwaukee and Cole Smith and yin, 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 and I get that. And, and it's not that those in and of themselves aren't conversations that are worth having, but I think people are taking all of that and adding it up to not being a good coach. And I disagree with that. I disagree that John Hines is not a good coach. I think he is a good coach. I think he has a different time frame as a coach than a fan does. I also am a big, like, look, people are like, we should replace John Hines with Bruce Boudreau. And, you know, he's got so many more wins and da 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 I, I think at this was, point, it's, I think at this point, it's replaced John Hines with whoever's available. With, with a warm body. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know what? One of my biggest frustrations with the NHL is that you are impatient in developing coaches. So yeah. you are stuck in this, oh, we need somebody who has won before. The only people that have won before are the people that have been around a long time. And you want coaches to be patient in developing players. This is a league that also develops coaches. Yeah. That's part of the gig. And so I am I am not on the fire Heinz train as much as I, you know, know I'm standing in the tracks and the train light is coming at me. I'm not there. So I would keep John Hines um, and I would replace David Poyle. What about you? What would you do? Yeah. Don't leave. Like, I'm not the yeah, only one like, going down. First off, it's like I feel like you have to figure out who's responsible for some of the personnel decisions. Like, is it because it just John yeah. Hines doesn't think he's a fit right now? Or is it because David Poyle thinks it's like, oh, they need, like, more seasoning? I would figure that out first. You know, for me, I, I, I agree. Like, I don't agree with a lot of what John Hines does, but I do, you know, kind of like his, his style of coaching. He seems to be somebody the players respect. I just think for me, like, you need a different way to put this team together. Like, I, I feel like you need a new philosophy with how the team is built. And for that, I think, I think that's more at the top. So I would say yeah. David Poyle. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. And, and I we think, have, I don't know. I think they're so intertwined. That's a hard question. Yeah. Um, all right. We have time for one more. So say, lay it on me. Lay your best one on me. <laughs> okay. This, this one, this is, this is a deep one. I don't, and I, hopefully you know the two things of which I speak. Would you rather oh, walk wow. around for a whole week publicly everywhere you go and look friends nick goes all kinds of cool places this is the thing you need to know about nick i live vicariously through vicariously through his cool life would you rather do all of those things wearing the giant foam 10 gallon predators hat or would you rather have to wear the giant predator chain necklace Everywhere you go. That involves dates, work, broom ball, sports activities, going to the bar to hang out. Which would you rather wear for a week publicly? I live in Cincinnati. 
mm-hmm. where one Mr. Joe Burrow, I feel, has brought back the swag to the white population. <laughs> and I feel like the chain would fit in. Okay. Because, yeah, all I would have to do is get, like, some white T-shirt, you know, the, the Seinfeld pajamas and some, like, the heart-shaped rose-colored sunglasses. And I feel like I could pull the Predator's chain off. Now, we live in a kind of a hockey void. Like, we're too far south for them to be super Blue Jackets fans and too far north for them to be, you know, any sort of Predators fans. So we live in a hockey void. So I might get some, what the heck is that on your neck? (laughs) But, like, I feel like maybe a five-second explanation, I think I'd be able to pull off the chain. Thanks to Joe Burrow. I hadn't thought that out, but I think you were 100% right. He has just opened the door for y'all. He really has. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he's he's brought Super Bowl contendership to Cincinnati, and he's brought white boy swag to Cincinnati. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, All build, right. build him the statue on the Ohio River, damn it. Um, yeah, well, this was fun. Uh, this was fun. Yay. If you're listening and you have some more would you rathers, some hypothetical situations, give them to us. Come on. Either tweet us at LO underscore predators or comment on our YouTube channel. We'll get to them. Like, we will do some more. We have two weeks between games. We got nothing else to do. Uh, yeah, we would gladly uh, answer any more hypotheticals you have. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And yeah, however you're listening to us, whether you are listening on your favorite podcasting platform or watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button so you'll always know when we have fresh content out for you. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with Preds Devils Recap. We'll see you then.